Hello and welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. My name is Gita Joshi. My guest today is artist Christopher Keeling, all the way from Berlin. Welcome, Chris. Hello, Gita. Hello, nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for making time to be on the podcast. I know you have a show coming up with Grove Square Galleries in a few weeks. So I thought we should have a little chat before um, that show opens. But let's start at the beginning of your career. I know you trained at Central St. Martin. So as a German painter, you spent some time in London. How was that experience? Uh, London was a great experience. For me, really, it was the, the, the biggest thing that I took from university was really the, the wide range of, of things you were able to do, like the, the printing facilities, the photography studios that you're able to use, the, the equipment that, you're, that you suddenly have access to. And um, yeah, coming from a background of, of not being artistic that much and, and working with street art and kind of like the, the graffiti background more in, in focus, um, it was really like all these chakras kind of opening for me to see all these different ways of, of expressing yourself and uh, yeah, and of mark making essentially. And did you train in fine art? I didn't actually. My course was graphic design. Um, which to me at the time made most sense because I didn't know graphic design. I was always a drawer. I was always a painter. So I, I felt like it was a, um, an, another very important tool to kind of pack for my artistic career. And it, and it really was. I, um, I was able to look and learn into um, typography and, and, and layout and all these very traditional ways of looking at design. Um, yeah, and that, and that really propelled my, my career forward and in, 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 in the understanding of how to break up paintings or how to break up imagery and, uh, and yeah, and, and work with, with all these different influences coming together in design. I often feel like actually graphic design has more rules around it, you know, particularly around typography and spacing and so on. How's that influence your painting? Uh, very much so. I, since that is my background, I, I like to plan out things a lot. So I like to have like an exact kind of plan of, of what I'm going to tackle or how I'm going to tackle the painting. Um, yeah, graphic design has taught me a lot, like just the, the technical aspect of using the, the programs as well, using being able to use Photoshop in the creative suite and being able to use um, all the, the possibilities that, that you have nowadays to make images and, and, to, and to produce, um, yeah, produce paintings essentially. So when you left university, returned to Berlin, did you, did you keep painting or did you have some sort of other career initially? Um, it, was, it was a little bit bumpy. I, I came back and I, and I got into a design agency right away with a friend of mine, um, which was kind of a harsh reality after being in, in such a free-minded and open, open-minded uh, university of Central St. Martins where everything's very, very artistic and very creative. Uh, it was really a lot of cutting out and a lot of <laughs> uh, photoshopping over and over again. It, it really was like, um, it wasn't what I expected in the first place, but it was, it was fine. It was a great way to learn and, and get used to, to working with big clients and having deadlines and, and those kind of things. So I guess, I guess there were different aspects, which I, uh, which, yeah, which, which I learned from, from working in a bigger agency. Um, but parallel, I was always painting. So I, I knew that I wanted to be a painter and I knew that I wanted to, to only do that at some point. At the time, I was also setting up a screen printing uh, workshop studio with some friends. It was, we had some, some uh, little studio in Neukölln, which we set up for, for courses and those kind of things, which horribly went wrong. It's like a lot of young artists, a lot of young egos clashing there, and like nobody really had the money for rent. I was the only one with a stable job at the time, so it was, it was quite rock and roll. But it was, it was really like the, the amount of pressure and the amount of... Um, uh, 
yeah, different energies that were flowing into that time were really, really quite interesting. And exactly that, having, having the, the, the balance between the, the kind of rock and roll art studio where everything kind of goes and then being back in the office and having to essentially cut out a lot of, lot of things for, <laughs> for whoever it is for uh, was, yeah, what was a nice, um, nice balance. So with having, let's say, the day job that gave you structure, how did you transition full time into art? Um, it was really in stages. So I, I worked for actually several design agencies at the time. So I stayed at the first for a while and then switched to another one. I really wasn't happy in, in, in design agencies in general, which was a problem because that was a job that I've, that I've learned at that point. So I, I figured out that I needed to find a different way of, of, of making an income or, or creating a career. And I really wanted to be, wanted to continue my, my, the studies of painting that I've been doing like during the screen printing time as well. I was actually a stage manager. I kind of slipped into this weird job of being a stage manager for a double ganger show, which was very, very interesting. And again, completely different field. Um, but that was really the last, so to speak, real job I had <laughs> before, before I moved on to being a full-time artist. And, and that was around 2015, where um, I had a couple of solo shows that year. And it went so well that I, that I just decided to, to go all in and, and try it. And what sort of work were you making then? What's that, sorry? What sort of work were you making in 2015? Um, figurative. I was, I was very much working figuratively, but I, I was, was much more connected to the street art scene at the time. And um, coming, out of, coming out of the graffiti scene, I was at, the, at that time I was looking at, looking at the characters behind graffiti. So I think I was um, portraying street artists out of an angle where they're not completely... It was, it was like this balance between being anonymous and, and, and being an, a character or... or um, yeah, an artist, and, and it, it was really finding a way to portray these people without giving away their complete identity. It's always an interesting thing, isn't it, with street artists, because they want that notoriety, you know, for this sort of underground thing that they're, they're doing, but of course they want the fame and visibility at the same time, and, you know, we obviously see some, some street artists actually achieving both things, right, fame and anonymity. Um, that's really interesting because we also think of Berlin as a very much a, a street art scene. Is this street art scene quite big over there still? It still is very big, yeah. It's, um, it's changing. It's changing a little bit. Berlin is changing like any big city is. So I guess the, the areas where graffiti, where you find graffiti are changing too. But, um, but it is, it, the, the scene is very big and there's a couple of people really hold, hold, are holding up the scene. And internationally, like especially in Europe, a lot of people come from abroad to go to Berlin to experience that. So we have a certain like graffiti tourism, which, uh, which is still, still working, working well here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely quite a lot of street art tourism in, in London as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's quite as strong as it was just a few years ago, but yeah, that was definitely a thing. You know, of course, like coupled with Instagram, it made, you know, visiting these destinations quite iconic. Um, let's fast forward a little bit and uh, the development of your work, because I know at the start of lockdown, you started creating this incredible body of work. Um, and actually the lockdown and Corona, you know, and all this staying indoors and everything was actually a big influence on, on the development of your work. Can you talk us through that? Um, absolutely. It was, it was right at the beginning. I was actually working on, um, on a study of figures at the beach which was probably a subconscious thing of, of being in a, in a really long German winter that I, <laughs> that I was painting beaches or open spaces. Um, yeah, and around, around that time, the lockdown happened and I, and I realized it, it was kind of comical that I was drawing these figures at the beach in these like open, open spaces 
Whereas on the radio, like the, the, the corona, the danger kept on going nearer and then Italy was affected and the first cases in Germany and we knew that something will happen in the next future. And, um, and when it really did, I was, it, it was a limitation, obviously. It was a limitation in a, in a spatial sense. It was a limitation in the, in the sense of, of motives or, or subjects I could paint. Everything was reduced to what I had in my apartment, which um, essentially were, was a wall. It was my, my girlfriend, my dog, and, and little, yeah, little props that I found, like plants or chairs and, and, and such. Um, and I decided to just carry on with the studies I was already making with these, with these figures at the beach and kind of let that influence really or, or, or the, the situation that we, that we found ourselves in flow into the work by um yeah by by giving these paintings that spatial limitation that everybody experienced during lockdown of not being able to go out of, of being kind of stuck um yeah and and it's kind of like this this play on someone who wants to be somewhere else that's why she's she's wearing the bathing suits as well which is an indication that she, she's really not, not happy being in front of that wall inside, but it's just a situation that we have to work with at the moment. So working from home, was your girlfriend happy to model? Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time she was. It did add up at some point, so she was a bit annoyed at some point, but no, no, everything, everything was fine, and she, she always, she's always happy to tell about. And I think it's quite exciting for her, too, to have a whole series named after her and, uh, and, and mainly depicting her in, in large scale. So... I think we're all getting something out of it. <laughs> Brilliant. So do you have a super decorative apartment? Because in your um, paintings, there's some beautiful patterns, you know, with solid colors and, you know, whether it's lino or wallpaper and things. Do you have a decorative apartment or is some of that imagined? A lot of it is imagined. Um, it, is a, it is a decorative apartment, but not as decorative as, as my paintings might, <laughs> might, uh, might give you the impression of. Um, no, it was really that. I, I really, that, it was part of this, uh, this limitation that I had, which I was trying to overcome by adding complexity to these paintings. Um, I, was, I was looking at tile design. I never did prior to that. So it was really like a new, a new field to dive into. And I was looking into uh, geometric patterns of, of mosques and, and cathedrals and how that evolved over the years. It's very interesting, really, if you, if you deep dive there. Um, looking at, at dynamic ge geometry, too, and looking how to break up a painting or, or bring a composition into it, which is, which is as balanced as I wanted it to be. Um, yeah, and the patterns were like a great vehicle for that. I was looking at, um, at Polya too, which is a um, mathematician who wrote a paper on crystallography, which was um, later a big inspiration for Escher's work and Escher's patterns. Um, and that really gave me the drive of looking, because what, what interested me about his patterns is that there are all these structures which are found in nature. So it's, it's actually, cell growth or it is um it is it is molecular structures that are that are evolving so it's this this idea of infinity and growth and that in yeah in, in contradiction with the, the the spatial limitation of like a hard shadow on a wall i thought that was very interesting yeah because on the paintings you get this really interesting balance of like flat with the patterns and then a bit of perspective as well because it, often it's on the floor or on the wall but then this, um, you know, the 3D form as well of the model in the chairs and so on as well. Um, so how does this sort of lead you into um, the new work that you're making? Um, well, the new work I'm making is, is, is I'm working with a lot of colored planes, um, but I do try to bring a perspective into my painting. So it's really all about very careful color selection and nuances of the colors to create the perception of depth. And um, 
the technique is, 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 is really laying down big block, blocks of, of color planes, basically, which are then arranged in a way that they all kind of come together and this whole, the, the image essentially arises from, from all these planes that I, that I lay down. I like to work with the, really like the basics of what figurative painting is. So I look at a lot at, at the composition, I look a lot at the color, and I look a lot at the form of, of who I'm painting. So it's, um, it's, 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 it's all like these little adjustments that you, that you tweak to get the, the ultimate final painting that, yeah, the, the way I want it to be, essentially. Do you work on several paintings at a time? Usually don't, I sometimes do, but I do like to finish my paintings in one go. I like to have something completely completed. And uh, I, I usually look at it for, for several days because it, oil paint needs a lot of time to dry. So it usually stands in my studio for several days. And um, sometimes I come up with, a, with something I'm gonna change, but usually it's a motivation for the next piece. I like to, like to put that in the, off the table and then move on to the next piece and, and take whatever I've learned from the previous piece into, into the new work that I'm doing. That's so interesting actually using like, you know, the one painting that kind of letting that lead you and teach you into what you need for the next one. Um, so Sierra, the exhibition at Grove Square Galleries opens in London on the 8th of October and runs till December 2020. What are other influences? Because I see a lot of um, other artists influencing your work like Uglo, but who else do you sort of cite as a reference for, you know, artists that you look to? Yugo is, is a very big one, in fact. I, I very much look to him and, and to the whole Houston Road School art uh, painters uh, when it comes to figurative measurements and, and, and the way that they arrange their subjects and align it with the background. And everything, everything seems very balanced, and I'm trying to achieve the very much same thing. So I'm looking at how the shadow is in relation to the perspective of the, the figure, maybe, and how that is in correlation to the overall uh, composition of the piece. Everything needs to be balanced out and, and I think those those painters like Uglo, like Coldstream, they, they did a fantastic job of achieving that and I'm very much looking towards or looking looking at their work in, in relation to mine and trying to figure out how they how they worked and trying to um, yeah align myself with, with those painters. Yeah I think anybody visiting the exhibition will if they're familiar with any of those artists will definitely see the references that you're making there which is which is super exciting. So Grove Square Galleries, as I mentioned already, where this exhibition Sierra opens, is a new gallery for the London art scene. It's based in Fitzrovia in London. How did this relationship come about? But also, can you talk a bit about, um, you know, exhibitions or how you were selling art prior to connecting with Grove Square? Um, I was working with a couple of galleries in, in, in Germany and in, uh, in Austria mainly. Um, however, it was, it was a very different feel. I have to say like Grove Square is, it seems to be so organized and so well funded that they have the, 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 the manpower behind it too, to really like get the promotion going, get the, get the PR rolling. Like it, it really is a different experience from what I had prior. Before that, it was a lot of on, on my own terms. I would have to drive a lot within Europe to visit and bring and pick up paintings all the time. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I went unconventional methods too. I went to, for example, the Art Bodensee last year. And it was kind of in a, in a pickle. I, I needed a gallery at that point. I, I was not being represented. So I, I literally just drove up with my car, put paintings in, in my trunk, had my car, my, my dog with me. We put a little pirate flag on the top of the roof and, uh, and we just parked right outside the opening of the gallery. And that really got me a gallery. The people, the people loved it. And, uh, and I got, and I got um, 
yeah, signed by 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 a, a Venetian gallery. Um, but but that's really that, that that's there's so many ways of, of really approaching this. The the growth square was much easier. They they contacted me online, and um, after showing their interest in my work over a couple of weeks, um, they they asked me to to arrange a call, and that was really it. I was very careful at the beginning because you never know what comes out of like these these online <laughs> when someone just contacts you via Instagram. But they seemed so professional and so friendly and so accessible and so transparent. Um, yeah, it, we we really kicked it off, and so far it's going great. That's so amazing to hear because often, especially when people are setting up a new gallery and perhaps, you know, you can't actually do your due diligence by looking them up and so on. You know, it's, you're right to be cautious, but I'm really pleased this one's working out and I think they are doing a great job, actually. So you've got this show running in London, as I said. What are you working on in the studio? At the moment, I'm painting dogs. I don't know exactly how I, <laughs> how I landed here. But uh, I'm a big dog fan and my whole family, I, I grew up with a bunch of dogs. My mom has five at the moment, my brother two, and I have one. So it's eight, eight dogs in the family so far. Um, and I think it was a response to the more and more complicated world we live in with pandemics and riots and bushfires and all these things. I, I, dogs always get me in a good mood. And that's the one thing that you can always, that I can always... Um, justify a, a, a dog is something a, a dog is a better person in my opinion so it was really the influences or the the the, the um, composition from the sierra series which i'm developing and i'm just giving my girlfriend a break and, and portraying some dogs <laughs> that's so funny because a lot of artists cite like dog portraits is like how they started you know selling dog portraits on the street or something and then actually evolved into its uh, fabulous career are the dogs also sitting in front of a wall like your girlfriend or are they outdoors? Because I know you were telling me about a trip that you had to Switzerland that was quite, um, how can you put it, impactful. Uh, no, they're not inside. In fact, I was, I was, the, the trip to Switzerland was very eye-opening for me. I, um, I, it was the first time that I took proper, a proper hike in, in the mountains. So it was uh, the colors and, and, the, and the shapes that I was able to see that were, were so inspiring that I'm trying to take that influence and let them flow into my paintings at the moment. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I was working with, with open spaces or, or these studies at the beach of, of working with simplified backdrops or simplified um, um, scenarios. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to do at the moment with, with these new in, impressions I got from, from Switzerland. So I'm trying to take my protagonist, which in this case is the dogs that I'm painting, and place them in these sceneries of, um, of, of mountain peaks and mountain ranges and, and glaciers. And it's, it's a very exciting thing for me. I've never really experienced or looked into landscape painting that intensely. So going to Switzerland and looking at a couple of local artists and also artists that have moved there or, or went there to depict these, these mountain ranges. One, one particular one that I, that I really like is Hiroshi Yoshida who um, did a series in his European series, he did a series of painting of the mountain race that I literally, my, my dad grew up in and I experienced from a young age. And it was quite um, eye-opening to see paintings from, or, or prints from 100 years ago and, and being able to see the Grindelwald Glacier, for example, which I used to touch as a child, which is now completely receded due to global warming. So he actually made a, a statement on global warming 100 years ago without even knowing about it. And I thought just that, learning or, or seeing that was, was very influential for me. It's incredible. I think the other thing that you mentioned was, you know, going back to the paintings in the Sierra collection, 
which were about repeat patterns and infinity, you know, like uh, molecular structures and so on, and crystallization, how they're sort of infinitely repeating. Um, you made an analogy to that sort of actually being a theme that's still present in this new body of work and how you're pursuing, um, perceiving landscape as well, like the infinite horizons and so on. Absolutely. The, the, the line at the center of a painting can be so influential. It can, you can make it an open space. It can be the seaside by, by the right color selection. You can give the viewer the such different emotional responses towards it. It can be claustrophobic by creating a wall suddenly, but it can also be very, very open and, and inviting by creating the perception of having maybe a seaside or, or yeah, like a, and, and like a horizon and a, and a blue sky above it, basically. Um, so that very much plays a role. And I do like the idea of having um, a perspective. What I'm playing with at the moment is kind of breaking the expectation of the viewer a little bit. I was doing that in the, in the Sierra series too by creating backgrounds which allow the, the viewer to assume that it is a, a seaside or assume that it is a horizon leading out by then adding shadows or, or hard shadows of the character on that background creates a weird um, yeah, distortion of, of what, you, what you would expect because you don't know where the limitations are. On one hand, you have this idea of, of this open space at the same time there's a shadow so you know that there's a limitation and and i'm really yeah I, I like to play with that at the moment to to break with the with the viewers expectations yeah like disrupting the expansiveness of what you're actually expecting so chris what else have you got coming up well the next thing on my list is the the sierra exhibition in london at the grove square galleries I'm very excited about that. It's my first collaboration with the gallery, so I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I don't think I'll personally make it there, unfortunately, due to the circumstances, which is which is quite annoying. But um, but I guess it will be documented enough to get an impression and to and to share the share that with my friends over here in Germany. There's nothing planned for 2021 so far, but um, with the new collaboration with with Grove Square, I'm, I have my my hopes are high that we're going to be busy <laughs> well this looks to be a really good collaboration with that gallery and yeah let's see what the new year brings especially because you've got this new body of work perhaps uh, coming as well for next year chris it's been amazing talking to you thank you so much for your time i will share on instagram if i make it to the gallery myself of course and i will add links in the show notes for our listeners to see your work and find you online as well Thank you so much. That was a, thank you for the talk. It was, it was great. Please let me know if you do go to the show and uh, I'm looking forward to staying in touch. The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.